but I feel fine, nothing like that. Are we turned on? Are we on? We're on. Hello, everybody. Good to see you. Good to see you. Hey, did you enjoy that message I preached last week on, uh, on false political prophecies? Boy, I tell you what, the, the devil fought that one. Yeah, we had, we had some trouble getting it out, but, but we got it out, thank God. And we trust that it uh, brought some illumination and some light and help to people. Um, and if you're watching on social media and you missed that, you can go to our, our, to our archives and, uh, and find that last week on uh, political prophecies. Hey, I want to talk to you today about the subject. I'm going to title this Up. Up. That's better than down, isn't it? <laughs> and I was going to, I actually was going to title this the seven ups. But I found more than seven in the Bible. There's more ups and downs in the Bible. So we're going to just look at, at some things the Bible has to say about up. You know, you can preach a whole message on one little word, up. First of all, uh, wake up. Wake up. Look at uh, Romans 13, 11 in the NIV. Uh, notice, uh, and, and do this. Understanding the present time, the hour has come for you to wake up. See there? Wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. But here the Bible tells us as Christians to wake up from our slumber. You know, I've noticed this about myself. Over the years as a Christian and at pastoring for all these years, I've noticed this about Christians. Most Christians, not all, but most, including myself, have a tendency, and I think all Christians at one time or another have a, have a tendency to become uh, uh, apathetic in their walk with the Lord and in their service to, to what he, he wants them to do. Lethargic would be another word. Uh, kind of a ho-humness. You can have a ho-humness about you. And that can uh, creep in on you, even unawares a lot of times. And so the Lord has me standing here today just telling you, hey, from his word, wake up. Wake up from that. If, uh, if any kind of spiritual slumber has come upon you and you, you've kind of slacked off any and what the Lord has told you to do, you become apathetic or lethargic or ho-hum. Hey, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. This, this here isn't talking about waking up from natural sleep. It's talking about waking up from spiritual sleep. Becoming apathetic toward the things of God. Wake up. And then the next one is take up. Take up. Look at Ephesians 6.13. The Bible says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. And actually, let's pick back up there to verse 11. Six, uh, uh, Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the whole armor of God or, uh, or, or take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, we need to always remember that our battle is not against other human beings. I, we wrestle against demonic power. That's what the Bible just said here. But thank God Jesus has given us victory over them. So it's really not even a fair fight if we know who, who we are in Christ. But, uh, and then in verse 13 again, it says, take up the whole armor of God. This is something we have to do. This is something we have to do. Take up. So we need to wake up and take up, right? Wake up from any spiritual slumber and take up the whole armor of God that you can withstand in the evil day. Well, if we're living in an evil day right now, aren't we? I don't think anybody would argue with me on that. And having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Well, truth is just the word of God. So just be sure you got a good working knowledge of the Bible. And then put on the breastplate of righteousness or take up the breastplate of righteousness. That's just having a revelation of who we are in Christ. And then uh, it goes on and says, and, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's just saying be a soul winner. Hey, wake up and take a, 
take up the armor of God and be a soul winner. And then verse uh, 16, it says this, it says, above all, take the, sh- take the shield of faith. The shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Well, you know, a lot of people have asked me over the years, what is, how, Pastor Terry, how, talk to me about the shield of faith. Tell me about the shield of faith. How do I, how do I do that? You know, just, just real simple. You know what the shield of faith really is? It's our belief structure based on the Bible, based on the Word of God. It's our belief structure. Be sure that you have a good belief structure based on the word of God. So when the devil sends a fiery dart, now what is a, how does the devil do that? Thoughts? Have you ever had a thought that was just bizarre, that was wrong, and, and you knew it was wrong? Well, how'd you know it was wrong? Because you have a belief structure based on the word of God. Did you hear what I just said? Yes. And, uh, uh, and, and, or if there's errant teaching that comes out, if you were to hear some errant teaching or, or an errant prophecy like we talked about last week, if you've got a good belief structure based on the Word of God, I liken it too on Star Trek that, uh, you know, they put up the force fields, you know, shields up. Remember when Captain Kirk or Captain Picard would say shields up, you know, when an enemy was coming their way, the Romulans or whatever, they were going to shoot them with some you know, a laser beam or whatever, and the captain would say, shields up. Well, we need to be, take up, we need to take up our shields. Uh, 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 the shield of faith. It's our belief structure based on the word of God, you know. You see, and here's a good example. If I stood up here and I said to you, Jesus is the son of God. Now, will that get through your, will, will that get through your shield of faith? Will that, will you allow that in? Yeah. Because it's right. It's correct. But if I said to you, eh, Jesus, he, 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 if I said he, he, he may not be the son of God. Now what's going to happen right there? All of a sudden, zap or however you zap or however, that, that's not going to get past your shield of faith, is it? Right? It's going to hit that, 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 that force field or that shield and that shield is going to is going to zap it or stop it before it can penetrate and get to you. Is that right? But see, if you don't have a good, if you don't have a b- good belief structure on the word of God, then you could hear all kinds of error and it can, it come right, well, it can come right through that shield and get right into your mind and get down into your spirit and corrupt you and get you off into error, see. So we need to uh, be sure that we wake up. And then take up that shield of faith. Be sure we got a good belief structure based on the, on the written word of God so that if anything errant comes your way, whether it's a, a, a thought that the devil throws your way or whether it's an a, a, a errant teaching or an pro, errant prophecy or whatever it may be, that, it, that, that shield of faith, that, that zaps it. It, it, it stops it from penetrating or getting through. Here's another one the devil will hit you with. You, you're no good. You're no good, you're no good, you're no good, baby, you're no good. A little Ron, Linda Ronstant for you here this morning. <clears throat> I think she sang it better than me, especially with my voice a little bit out. I think she'd sing it better than me even if my voice was right on the money. <laughs> but the devil will come and tell you, you're no good, you're no good, you're no good, baby, you're no good, right? Is that right? But you have to have a good uh, belief structure and that shield of faith needs to be standing strong. And when the devil tells you you're no good, well, you come right back and you got that breastplate of righteousness on and you tell him who you are in Christ and that you are somebody in Jesus, right? All right. So let's be sure we take up the... See, we're at a great disadvantage if we don't take up this, this armor of God, you know. Take the shield of faith, said above all, take that one. Can you see how that one would protect you? Yes. Yeah. And then he says, and take the helmet of salvation. Well, that has to do with your mind. Having, uh, having the mind of Christ, uh, renewing your mind to the word of God, thinking in line with the word of God. We need to do that. Think in line with the word of God. And then the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Take, take up the whole armor of God. 
And, and notice it said the whole armor. Don't just take one piece or the other piece, you know. It's like getting dressed, you know. We're, we're calling this one take up, but we could have called it dress up, you know, get dressed up. And a lot of, a lot of Christians I've watched this over the years, they'll just take one piece of the armor or maybe the other piece of the armor or maybe three pieces of the armor. No, we need to take, it said take up, the Bible said take up the whole armor of God. In the morning, you wouldn't just put on your shoe and your shirt and go out, would you? That'd be bad, wouldn't it? <laughs> go out without any, any trousers on, that would really be bad, wouldn't it? Or you wouldn't just put, uh, you know, put, put, put your trousers on and, uh, and your hat and that's it. No, you'd put on the whole outfit, wouldn't you? Didn't the Bible say take up the whole armor of God? Well, let's take it all up. What do you say? And then in those verse 18, praying all, and I hear praying always with all prayer, uh, prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So notice it, it's, then it starts talking about prayer here, doesn't it? It starts talking about prayer. So guess what the next one is? It's going to be pray up, pray up. We have wake up, take up, pray up. Notice Revelation 8 verse 4. In the King James, it says, And the smoke of the incense which came uh, with the prayers of the saints ascending up before God out of the angel's hand. Our, you need to realize this. When we pray in the spiritual realm, it's like incense. Have you ever seen incense in the natural? You know, somebody lights some incense. It'll, you can see the smoke going up. Well, in the spirit realm, if you study the Bible, and you just saw it right here. But in other places, it talks about our, the prayers of the saints ascend like incense. Our prayers, when we pray, they, they leave earth and they go up. And they go up before the throne of God. And so be sure that you, you pray and, and send prayers up to the throne of God, to the throne of grace. He's listening. He's waiting to hear from you. You understand that? And be sure you pray because I like what one preacher said. He said it would appear that God does nothing in the earth except, except uh, uh, he does so in response to the prayers of his saints. And so be sure that you are sending prayers up to the throne of God. Be sure you're prayed up. Uh, have a prayer life. You know, I've noticed this over the years. A lot of Christians don't have much of a prayer life. Um, you can get so busy sometimes and whatnot, but... Uh, you know, uh, uh, prayer produces power. Did you know that? And, uh, and so you need to be sure that you have a prayer life, that you spend time talking to the Lord. Uh, now, a lot of times people think you have to go into a closet and go get down on your knees and stay in there for five hours. How many of you know you don't have to do that? I, I talk to the Lord all, almost all the time during the day. Now, not all the time, but, but a lot of it. I'm, now, I'm not down on my knees, you know, in the prayer position. I'm just talking to him. I have an ongoing conversation with him. You understand what I'm saying? And, uh, and, and I do twice as much listening as I do talking. Because he's a whole lot smarter than I am. See, a lot of times people think to pray, you've got to be talking all the time. That's where we make a mistake a lot of times. We're doing all the talking to somebody who knows everything. We need to hush once. A, there's a good one. Hush up. I could have put that in. I don't have that in my list, but that'd, that'd go in there. Sometimes we need to hush up, you know. Now, that's a nice way of saying shut up, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and listen to the Lord. Is that right? Yeah. Absolutely the truth. You know it is. And so uh, anyway, hush up and listen to him. But prayer is a two-way communication between us and the Lord. So let's be sure that when, we're, when we pray, we're, uh, we're doing twice as much listening as we are talking. But we do need to talk all right. God wants to hear from us. And if you look at Matthew 26, verse 40, Matthew 26, verse 40, uh, it's interesting. Remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane? You remember that? And he left the disciples there. Uh, and he left them there to watch and pray. And then he went about a stone's cast away from them. Remember that? And he was in great agony and whatnot. Remember, he sweat as it were drops of blood. And then he came back. And guess what? He found the disciples on three occasions. What were they doing? You see how easy it is for Christians to go to sleep on a job. They were sleeping on a job, weren't they? I said they were sleeping on a job. Let's don't be caught sleeping on a job as Christians. Let's wake up. What do you say? But notice what he said in Matthew twenty six forty. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. 
And he said to them, what, could you not watch with me one hour? He said, watch and pray, lest you enter, enter into temptation. The spirit's willing, the flesh is weak. What did he tell them to do? He told them to, he told them to, uh, to wake up and pray up. Wake up and pray up, right? He said, watch and pray. Wake up and pray up. See how these all kind of, these ups all kind of intertwine with one another, don't they? So we need to, uh, we need to wake up, we need to take up, and we need to pray up, right? And then, after we do that, uh, we need to build up, build up. Notice here, and this goes right along with prayer. This, the, the, like I said, these, these ups intertwine with one another. They build on one another. Uh, build up, Jude, only one chapter, 20th verse, King James Version. Uh, notice here, but, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying, notice praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up yourselves. So it's something you have to do. You got to keep yourself build, built up. It's up to you. God's not going to keep you built up. You need to keep yourself built up. Now, I'm not saying that he won't strengthen you. He will. Certainly he will. But I, what I'm saying is you've got to keep yourself built up. I notice in my, with myself and with my natural body. You know, I'm 57 right now. If you go back to when I'm 50, I weigh, uh, uh, I weigh about a, a little over 170 right now. But back there then, seven years ago, I weighed about 240 pounds. And I was out of shape, bad out of shape. You know, Christians, you can become the same way spiritually, bad out of shape. I was bad out of shape. And you know, God never did. Now, he prompted me to go into that, into that exercise room and exercise, but he never did make me do it. Because he won't make you do anything. You understand that? And, 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 and see, the devil will try to make you do things. God won't make you do anything. He'll prompt you. He'll lead you. And, and, but I tell you what, I had to make myself go in there and start building myself up and, 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 and losing the weight. And when I first started doing uh, sit-ups, I tried to do, uh, uh, <laughs> I tried, I tried to do, uh, I tried to do, uh, I guess it was uh, uh, 30 sit-ups and it was going nowhere fast. So, so I, I changed my counting, my counting. Instead of going one, two, three, I counted, every time I did a sit-up, I did 10, 20, 30. That's how we counted. <laughs> and, my, and my wife, she's holding my, my ankles, you know. Now I, now I use a machine and it holds my ankles, you know. But then she, did you know now I can do 200 sit-ups with a 40-pound uh, weight on my chest? Yeah. You know, you know, I jokingly say this. I don't know if I ought to say it in church, but I went from being too, I went from being a fat belly to a flat belly, you know, and uh, I, I could almost do an underwear commercial. Notice I said almost. <laughs> oh, come on. It's all right. I, a little risque in the house of God. That was all right. That's okay. But I had to build myself up. You have to do that to yourself, spiritually, just like you would physically, you know. And so it took me time. It didn't happen overnight. It took me time, but I built myself up and, and got to where I'm in halfway decent shape now. But the same thing's true spiritually. You, 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 you've got to uh, spend time in the Word of God, so on and so forth. Here it talks about that you build, no, it's building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Now remember, faith comes by hearing. Now faith doesn't come by praying. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But you can build yourself up and, and you can strengthen some things, certainly, and uh, by praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, let me read this again. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith, strengthening yourself, building yourself up. Watch this, praying in the Holy Ghost. How do you build yourself up spiritually? Well, one way, maybe one of the main ways is right here, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, now, a lot of times people ask me, they'll say, what does that mean? That means in other tongues. Did you know that, that a Christian ought to, you see, a sinner, when they repent and receive Jesus, they get born again, they get born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God's in them. They're going to miss hell and make heaven right there. But the Bible is very clear. There is an experience subsequent to salvation whereby you can be baptized with the Holy Ghost. You need to realize that. See, uh, uh, Jesus, 
after he was raised from the dead, he went in, he breathed on his disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And they did and they got born again. He told that same group, he said, go to Jerusalem, tarry there until you're endued with power from on high until you're baptized with the Holy Ghost. See, they were already born of the Spirit. They just hadn't been baptized with the Spirit. You need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost after you get born again. And the evidence, one of the evidences of that is speaking with other tongues. And the Bible is, is just full of verses on, on, on being baptized with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. You know, uh, uh, we need to be, uh, and every Christian, when they get baptized with the Holy Ghost, get a prayer language. It's other tongues. It's a, it's a language you don't understand. You know, there's not too much being said about this anymore, but you know, we need to talk about this. This is where the power is, is in the baptism with the Holy Ghost. You know, I used to be a, I was raised in the Baptist church. Thank God for the Baptist. I, I'm still kind of a Baptist at heart, but I realized in the Baptist church there was something missing. There was something missing. Now they had the spirit of God there, all right, in the new birth, but there was something missing. And so I realized one day I, I need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, you know. So that's when, when I had to leave the Baptist church and came over among the charismatics or the Pentecostals. And because I got baptized with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance, you know. And we all ought to speak with tongues. Now, you know, when I first got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I had trouble speaking in tongues. Because, you know, I tried to speak in tongues out of my head. You know, you can't speak in tongues out of your head. You know, you can't. You just can't. You can speak foreign languages that you've learned in school or somewhere else out of your head. But you can't speak in the, by the spirit and tongues out of your head. It comes right out of your, your spirit here, you know. But I had trouble speaking in tongues, you know, because I was trying to do it. in you know, I was trying to do it out of my head. By the way, the Holy Ghost won't make you speak in tongues. You have to yield your tongue to him. Did you know that? You have to yield your You have to yield yourself to him. But I had trouble speaking in tongues and, and, and I tried and tried and tried. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't it. And one day I was going to work, you know, I worked at uh, out in Eureka at a golf course out there and I was driving to work and I was going a little too fast on Highway 44, came across the Times Beach Bridge and there was a police officer there and he was uh, he was radaring and, and, and I know I knew I was going too fast and he shot me with that radar gun. I knew he, he had to have shot me with the radar gun. I knew that he did. And no more that he shot my car with the radar gun. I started speaking in tongues. <laughs> Been speaking in tongues from that day to this. Glory to God. So a lot of times when I see seen people over the years have trouble speaking in tongues, I, I want to get one of these police officers out here and borrow their radar gun and shoot them with the with, with, with the radar gun. Now now that now that's not going to work if you shoot somebody with a radar gun. I'm making a joke there though, but it really did happen. I don't know what happened to me, but it did when they shot with me with a radar gun. I started speaking in tongues. <laughs> You know, we all I, see now, now I'm joking now, but but uh, I mean, that really did happen. But but uh, you understand if I shot somebody with a radar gun, they're not going to start speaking in tongues. I think that was a unique situation just for me, you know. But, you know, I, I joke about these things sometimes just good. You know, it's, it's a funny story. But, you know, this is one, you know, I, I, a while ago I talked about waking up, waking up. This is one area where I've watched Christians that if you got they, they, they just stop praying in tongues as they should. Now, so many Christians aren't even baptized in the Holy Ghost to start with, and they need to be. But if you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, uh, here's the thing. You may speak in tongues and, and it's praying in the Spirit is what it's called, praying in the Holy Ghost or praying in the Spirit. You may do that, but it's real easy to, to slough off on that. Did you know that? It, re really, it re really is. And that stream can kind of begin to dry up. Now, the Holy Ghost doesn't leave you, but that stream, can, that stream of praying in tongues can begin to dry up. So what do you need? Well, I'm getting I'm a little ahead of myself. The next one's going to be stir up. You need to stir some things up and begin praying in the spirit. Can you say amen? amen. Absolutely. But when we pray in tongues and other tongues, now I know some people think that's passed away, but I, you know, I, you know, with all due respect, if tongues have not passed away, okay? Now, if I, if I had, if I had about an hour and a half, I could give you one Bible reason after the next why tongues hasn't passed away. So if you think that it has, I don't have time right now to teach on that, but I feel sorry for you, but let me take my word for it. Tongues are still for today. You understand? Well, tongues, the Bible says tongues have ceased. Well, the Bible says that, but you got to get all 
all that in context and study that right. Uh, tongues aren't going to cease until we see Jesus face to face. And then tongues will cease. But, but in the meantime, st- tongues are still up and running for today. Glory to God. Tongues, interpretation of tongues and so forth. And prophecy, it's all for today. But right here, the Bible says that when we pray in the Holy Ghost, when we pray in the Spirit, do you know, it says that we build ourselves up. I would liken it to this. It kind of like a car battery. Have you ever had a car, seen a car battery? And you went out there and you start the car and it goes. Have you ever had that happen to you? And then that dreaded sound, click, 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 click. You know, that's, that's not, you know, that's not good. You know what's happened. The battery's dead. Is that right? And you, you know, you're going to need a jump or a new battery. Is that right? Is that right? Well, the same thing is true uh, with, with praying in the spirit. You know, you, if you don't do it regularly, it can be like that battery. It can get weaker and 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 weaker. And notice as that, as the flowing of the, the praying in tongues gets weaker and weaker and weaker, your spiritual strength will d- diminish. Your spiritual strength will diminish. So what you need to do is, and I'm getting into my next point, you need to stir yourself up and just start praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. Absolutely. And do that on a regular basis. And... Uh, and, and if you'll do that, it'll bring some spiritual strength to you. You know, the Apostle Paul, we won't, we won't look this up, but you ought to look it up later in 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. 14th chapter, 1 Corinthians 14. He says, I'll pray with the Spirit and I'll pray with the understanding also. He said, I'll sing with the Spirit, I'll sing with the understanding also. So you see, when we pray, we pray in English, right? We here, in the, here we all speak English. We pray in our understanding in English. You, you, you realize that? But then when the Bible says praying with the Spirit, that's praying in other tongues. And we all ought to do that on a regular, daily basis. And it'll keep your spiritual battery charged to the full. And then, and then let's move to the next one, which I've already mentioned, stir up. Notice 2 Timothy 1.6, stir up. Uh, uh, Paul writes, young Timothy, the pastor, and he says, therefore I remind you. So that's what I'm doing to you here today. I remind you to stir up. We're talking about ups here, UPS, ups. Now, I'm not talking about the delivery service that brings, that brings packages and mail now. I'm talking about up here. Up, up, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. See, we need to stay stirred up. We need to, stay, we need to wake up. We need to take up and all of that. But we need to stay stirred up and built up. And again, I want to reiterate it. It's something we have to do for ourselves. God isn't going to make us do it. He'll prompt us. You know what I mean? What, what I mean prompt, I mean right on the inside. Have you ever had that, that tug or that urge on the inside? You knew it was the Holy, Holy Ghost wanting you to do something? He'll prompt you to do something. He'll have me stand up here and preach a message like this to, to prompt you. But ultimately, you're the one that's going to have to wake up and take up and do all these things and stir up. Stir up the gift of God that's within you. Now, there was a special gift that was in Timothy, all right, because Paul had laid his hands, had laid his hands on him. But, uh, but, but uh, you may not have a ministerial gift like Timothy, but, but I tell you what, all of us as Christians have gifts that God has given us, and, uh, and we need to, to, to stir those up, keep them stirred up. And, uh, you know, I, this word stir, actually, it means this. If you looked it up in a Greek dictionary, it means to rekindle a fire. Rekindle a fire that has diminished in intensity. To cause to be ablaze again or to revive. It's kind of like a campfire. Have you ever seen a campfire, you know, and it hasn't been attended to as it should? Or maybe you have a fireplace in your house and you built a fire, but you haven't attended to it maybe as you should. And what happens over time? That fire will wane, won't it? Get less and less and less. So if you want to, if you, if you want to get that thing uh, going again, what do you do? You take a stick, you know, maybe throw a few more logs on it, take a stick and just start stirring it. What it, and what happens? You rekindle that flame and that flame starts, uh, you get that thing uh, going. I've already seen fires that were just ablaze. And then they, they dwindle down and is almost, almost out. 
almost out. And then you just go in there and you, you just stir, you know, stir, stir it a little bit. And I tell you what, that fire's blazing again. Now this last, uh, this last, uh, year, my wife and I, we had cut, uh, over where we live, we had cut some, uh, brush and things down over many years. And we had, uh, we had, uh, piled it all up and that pile was looking, I mean, it was looking like something the cats drug in and the dogs wouldn't play with it. You know what I mean? But it was just, it was a terrible sight. And, and so, uh, we'd been meaning to have a company come out and, and take care of it for us, but, but then we got a price on it. We didn't want to pay that. You know, we knew it was going to be, uh, be a lot of money. So what we did is we went and bought a $25, uh, uh, five gallon, is it a, well, how many gallons is it? I don't know. It's, you know, uh, a, some, a big, it's probably about as tall as this thing, a big barrel, $25 barrel. And, and, and of course, now I had to do some work. I had to cut the stuff down into small pieces, but I did the cutting and she did the burning, you know. And we put, we put that, uh, all that brush in that barrel, you know. And I mean, that fire, it, you know, we had trouble getting it going, you know. I, I, I had to put a little gas on it there the one time. Probably wouldn't recommend you do that, but, uh, but, <laughs> but, but we got her going. And then here's the funny thing. Now, now listen to this. Here's why I brought that barrel up. We would burn and that fire would be going. Now we had a grate on it. It was very safe and it's legal to burn where we, where we live. But we had that thing going, you know. And then we'd get done and we'd leave that barrel. And we'd leave that barrel and we'd leave that out in the rain. And I mean it rained cats and dogs for, you know, a day or two, whatever. And, and we'd go back out there and down at the bottom of that barrel. Guess what? All we had to do is take a stick. And you'd think, my gosh, we need to get the gasoline out. We need to, we need to, you know, put turpentine. We need to, you know, put lighter fluid. And all we had to do was take a stick and push it down to the bottom of that barrel and start stirring it. And next thing you know, am I telling the truth? And that fire would just start up and just be ablaze. You see, I think that's the way it is with a lot of Christians. We get just the affairs of life hit us and beat, beat us down and we get so beat down by this and beat down by that and beat down by the other thing and, and to where the fire's gone out, the, the affairs of life like rain have hit us and we're just, just like we're just, have you ever been just like out of gas? You're just like, okay, maybe that's not a good, you've been out of fire. I mean, it's all, it's just gone. Well, hey, just take a stick, so to speak, and stir yourself up, just like we did that fire in that barrel, and that fire just came right back up. Hey, hey, the fire of the Holy Ghost, if you're, if you're born again, you got the fire in you. If you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, you really got the fire in you. And, uh, and, and, and that fire is there. And, and what you need to do is listen to this message and just begin to stir yourself back up. Just like we take that stick in that barrel. Just stir yourself up. How do you do it? Well, just start praying. That's one of the best ways. Pray. Pray in the, in your understanding. Pray in the spirit, you know, and spend time in the word of God. And then here's another, another way to do it is just get back to doing what God's called you to do originally. Just go get back to doing what God's, make a commitment and get back to doing what God's told you to do originally. His plan hasn't changed for you. Get back to it. The Bible says the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Get back to what he's told you to do to start with. And I tell you what, you, you start doing that in the process of time, that fire will come again. Glory to God, the fire of the Holy Ghost. And then, then see all these intertwined with one another. The next one I have for you is get up. If you're taking notes, get up. If you've got knocked down, get up. Don't stay down for the count. Get up. I like what Proverbs 24, 16 says. In the New Living Translation, it says the godly may trip or fall down seven times, but they will get up again. And you know when this seven times is significant because what this is, seven is a number of completion in the Bible. So you could have been knocked down completely and totally in every way there is to be knocked down. And you know what God's telling you? He's, he, he's telling you, get up, get up, get up. I remember when Joshua... Uh, he lost that battle at Ai. That he had that great victory at Jericho, and then he lost that battle that, against that little city at Ai. And he was moaning and groaning, and uh, you know all that in front of God. You know Joshua, and, and God said, "Get up." And that's what He has me telling you here today. If you got knocked down, uh, you got knocked silly, and you're down for the count, you know, get up. 
Well, pastor, I've been knocked down every way there is to get knocked down. Get up. That's what, uh, uh, are you a righteous person? Well, if you know Jesus, you are. You're righteous in him. Get up, get up, get up. I'm here today by the Holy Spirit telling you to get up. Don't stay down. Don't stay down for the count. Don't give up and quit. Don't throw in the towel. How, how else do you want me to say it? Get up. Get up and get back to it, you see. Glory to God. And then here's another one. Lift up. Lift up. Lift up. Notice the Bible. Hebrews 12, 12 says, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. And, and, and then in 1 Timothy 2, 8, it says, I will, therefore, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So uh, what the Bible is telling us here to do is lift up our hands. What does that mean? That means uh, it has a connotation of praise about it. And here's another way you can stir yourself up. See how these intertwine with one another? A way you can stir yourself up is begin to lift up your hands and praise God. Well, I don't feel like lifting up my hands and praising God. Well, do it anyway. That's what this message is all about. Get to it. You know, lift those hands up and praise God. You know, I'm talking about lifting up hands. You know, I, I had trouble years ago lifting my hands in the house of God when I was a kid, you know, and because I came over from the Baptists, we never lifted our hands in the house of God. I came over among the Charismatics, Pentecostals, and they all lifted their hands to God. Now, now you know, I don't ever make anybody do anything. That's, you know, God's not going to make you lift your hands. You, do, you, you But can you see in the Bible, he says, lift up your hands. Did you, did I just read that? That's one way you can stir yourself up. Lift up your hands as a sign of praise and worship to him. And uh, But I didn't, I didn't raise my hands in the Baptist church because nobody raised their hands in the Baptist church. If you'd raised your hands in the Baptist church, somebody would have thought you had a gun at their back sticking them up, you know, robbing them. You know, that's the only way you're going to put your hands up in the Baptist church. Now, you know, that's the truth. But you... But you come over among the charismatics, most people had their hands up, but not everybody. And I was one that, that I, 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 I wouldn't raise my hands. So I started out with my hands in my pockets. And I started raising my fingers in my pockets. <laughs> well, that was a step for me that you got to start somewhere. And the next thing you know, I got my hands out of my pockets and I started lifting, doing that. And then next thing I got them to here. And next thing I got them, I got them about halfway up. And, uh, and I went a long time with my hands during praise and worship with halfway up. I heard this good preacher. He said this. He wasn't directed at me, but, but he was just, cause it was a, a large, larger setting, you know, and, a lot of people there, and, and, and I had my hands, I'd got them out of my pocket, I had them halfway up, and he, he just made a general statement. He said, uh, he said, anything flying at half-mast is a symbol that there's something dead. Well, you think about that, that got my attention, and I just stuck them up there, you know. I didn't want to be dead, and I've been raising my hands to the Lord ever since. Amen. So lift up your hands. That's one way you can stir yourself up. And then here's another one, Psalm 121.1. Psalm 121.1, he says, I'll lift up. Oh, I like this verse. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence come my help. Lift up your eyes. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Glory to God. So not only lift up your hands, but lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes unto the hills. From whence comes my help. Lift, it's talking about un, lifting up your eyes to the Lord. And then this next one, see all these intertwine. This next one, that was lift up. This is look up. Look up. If you're taking notes, look up. Uh, I like what Psalm 5, 3 says. My voice you shall hear in the morning. Well, get up in the morning. Lift up your voice to him. There's another lift. Lift up your voice to him. Oh, to the Lord. And then it says, I will direct my voice to you and I will look up. That's what we ought to do in the morning when we get up is look up. Get up and look up. First thing you do in the morning is lift up, lift up your voice to him and look up to him. Look up unto the hills from whence comes my help. Look up to the Lord. Get up. Wake up. Get up. To, you see, I like these ups, don't you? 
and, uh, and he says in the morning here, Psalm 5, verse 3. He said, my voice you'll hear in the morning, O Lord, in the morning. I'll direct it to you. So get up, uh, look up, lift up your voice, lift up your hands. Glory to God. Luke 21, 28. I like this one as it pertains to look up. Jesus had just given some signs of the end times. And after he got done talking about the signs of the end times, he says this. He says, Luke 21, 28. Now, when these things begin to happen, and many of those, if not all those signs that he talked about, which I'm not going to cover, you can go read it for yourself. They've all come to pass in the time in which we live. And he said, when these things begin to happen, look up. Lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Glory to God. You know, Jesus is coming again, isn't he? Yes. And, 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 and because of that, we need to look up and we need to lift up. Look up and lift up. Lift up your head. Lift your, hold your head up high. That's what the Lord's saying to his people. Hold your head up high. So many Christians walking around with their, with their head hung down. But he's got me here telling you and anybody on social media that's watching. If you're born again, you know Jesus is your Savior. Hold your head up high. Lift your head up high. Amen. Look up, lift up. You know, uh, Jesus one time ministered to a blind man. And he laid his hands on him and he asked the guy if he saw anything. And the guy said, I see men like trees walking. And then the Bible says that Jesus laid his hands on this guy a second time. And, uh, and then the Bible says after Jesus did that, he made that man look up. He made him look up. He, Jesus had to make him look up. And the Bible said that his sight was restored and he saw everyone clearly. Well, that's what God has me doing here today. I'm here today to, to just prompt you and say, look up, look up, make you, I, I, you know, make you look up, look up, look up. Well, social media, if you're, if you're born again, you know Jesus, look up. I tell you what, there's so much going on in this country right now to beat us down. And so many Christians have been beat down. We've had the tar beat out of us in many ways. And it's so easy to, you know, get slumped over and just be looking down at the ground all the time. But I tell you what, it's time now that we, 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 we look up. And I'm just making you look up. Look up, look up, look up, look up, look up, look up. You know, if we're looking up, glory to God, we're not going to be looking Looking at the circumstances, are we? If we're looking up, we're not going to have, be looking at all the bad circumstances around us, are we? Are we? No, we need to look up. Now, I'm not saying we need to ignore the circumstances. There's some circumstances we need to be aware of and deal with. But I tell you what, I think a lot of Christians spend too much time looking at the circumstances instead of looking up. I tell you what, if we'll be looking up, we won't have as much time to look at all the problems, will we? We won't have as much time to watch the news all the time, will we? Uh, absolutely not, you know. Amen. Let's look up. Let's look up. Let's look up. You know, Peter, remember when Peter was walking on the water? How many remembers that? He was walking on the water and he was doing just fine until the wind started blowing and he took his eyes off Jesus. And then the Bible says he began to sink. Well, I tell you what, let's don't get our eyes off Jesus. Where is Jesus? Well, I know he's here all right by his spirit, but he's literally seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. He's up there. Let's let's keep our eyes on him. What do you say? Let's keep our eyes on him. Let's look up. And then, and then, notice this, 1 Thessalonians verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 13. We're talking about up here. 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, 4, verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. The Apostle Paul writes and he says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep or those who have already died. Uh, and, and this is died in the Lord. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have already died in Jesus. Those who sleep in Jesus. Those who, are, who have already died in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep or those who have already died in Christ. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain will be what? We'll be caught up. Real loud say caught up. We're going to be caught up. We're talking about up here today. We're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus will, shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Glory to God. He's talking about the rapture of the church right now. 
And that's going to be the ultimate catching up of all time. If you want an up, this is an up. This is the up of all ups right here. There's really no way to beat this up. This is the up of ups, the up of all time, when the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up, caught up, caught up, caught up, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. You know, now if, now if that wasn't in the Bible, I tell you, that, that's a bizarre event. When the graves blast open, you know? Huh? The resurrection. And the graves blast open. And the dead in Christ rise and their bodies are glorified and their spirits come back with the Lord from heaven. That's where their spirits are now, you know. And they're reunited with their bodies to be glorified. That's going to be something, isn't it? Yes. You know, and then we who are alive and remain will be changed. You know, uh, uh, somebody said to me, they said, you know, I, I, I'd like to be beside a graveyard when that happened. I'd like to, to see the dead in Christ rise. Well, that'd be fine, but it's going to happen so fast. The Bible says it's going to happen in a moment in twinkling of an eye. Just boom, just as fast, faster than you can snap your fingers or uh, faster than you can snap your eyes or blink your fingers, brother. That's how I like to say it. The Lord's going to descend from heaven with a shout. He's coming himself. He's not sending an angel. He's coming himself. He'll descend with a shout. The voice of the archangel, trumpet of God, the dead in Christ rise first. Then the Bible says we'll be changed in that moment in the twinkling of an eye and we'll be caught up. You talk about power. Now that's a bizarre event. And I tell you what, it's so, such a bizarre event that I wouldn't believe it unless it was written in the Bible. But it's in the Bible and I believe it. Glory to God. And it's really the next great event on, this, on the Christian calendar, really, if you think about it, as it pertains to Bible prophecy for, for, for the body of Christ, is the rapture of the church. And there's no other signs that need to take place. They've all happened and so now we need to lift up our, uh, our eyes. The Bible says we need to be looking for his coming. We need to be looking for his coming. And we need to keep our, be looking up to the Lord, you know, because eventually he's going to descend and he's going to catch us up to be with him forever and ever. And I tell you what, I'm looking forward to that. How about you? Amen. Caught up. So as I close, I just want to say this. Let's all wake up. Let's take up, let's pray up, let's build up, let's stir up, let's get up, let's lift up, let's look up, and then let's pack up because we're all going up. Glory to God. I like I like that. How about that? Up, up, and away, right? Only it's going to be, when we go with the Lord, it's going to be a lot better than up, up, and away in that beautiful balloon. Glory to God. <laughs> it's going to be a whole lot better than that. You know, amen. Glory to God. And you know, as Christians, we're, you know, now, now, you know, as Christians, we're going up one way or another when we die. Right? I, I, let, me, let me rephrase that. As Christians, we're going up one way or the other is what I meant to say. Let, let me rephrase it. We're going up one way or another as Christians. I said we're going up one way or another. We're either going to go via the rapture of the church. And if the rapture doesn't take place in our lifetimes, then when we die, because the Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die, we're going up then. See, so, so it's a good deal for us Christians, people who, who, who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going up because heaven's up, you know. We're going up one way or the other. We're either going up in the rapture or by way of the grave. But either way, we're going up. Is that right? And if we go by way of the grave, our body will be in there for however long, but won't, won't stay in there long because eventually it's going to get blasted out of there, isn't it? Glory to God. But while our bodies are in the grave, guess what? Our spirits will be with the Lord in heaven. Yes. Yes. Amen. So either way, either way, whether it's by way of the grave or way of the rapture, we're going up. You talk about up. We're going up, up into heaven. The Apostle Paul said that he knew a man in Christ. He was talking about himself who was caught up, glory to God, to the third heaven. What does that mean, third heaven? Well, first heaven is the atmosphere, you know, around the earth. Second heaven is out there where Kirk and Spock and, and uh, you know, out there where they're at with the enterprise where they fly around. And then on up beyond that, there's the where the throne of God is and the far sides of the north. Glory to God, where heaven is. Man, I'm looking forward to going to heaven. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to going to heaven. It's, it is a great place. And once you get there, you wouldn't want to come back here if you could. I tell you what, it's the most beautiful place. The Bible tells us some about it. It's the most beautiful place. 
I tell you what, the, the, the worship of God there is so, so, the anointing of God is so powerful. It, I tell you what, you get a little glimpse of that, that it's gl of glory. You don't want to come back here no more. But that's where we're going. We're going up. We're going up. We're going up. Can you say amen? amen. One way or another, either by way of the grave or way of the rapture, Christians are going up. Praise God forevermore. And just when you thought, I ran out of ups. Just when you thought the Bible ran out of ups, Nehemiah, the ninth chapter says, stand up. <laughs> so, let's do what the Bible says, stand up. Glory to God. Stand up. It says, stand up and bless the Lord your God from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, O Lord, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. The Bible says, stand up and bless the Lord your God. That's Nehemiah 9 verse 5. Stand up and bless the Lord your God. Stand up and bless the Lord your God. So I tell you what, let's just, let's just all stand up and let's just, just in, right there, just lift your voice up to him, just between you and him and just, just bless him out there on social media. Just, 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 I encourage you to lift up your voice, lift, lift up your, your ear, lift up your eyes to him, lift up your hands to him, lift up your voice to him, and just begin to worship him, just begin to praise him, just begin to praise him, praise him in the understanding with your English, you know, or praise him in the spirit and other tongues, however you feel led to do it, but just, just worship God, stir yourself up, glory to God, wake yourself up, praise God, wake yourself up, wake yourself up. I just, just break that spiritual slumber off of you in Jesus' name. Wake, wake yourself up. Praise God. Take up the whole armor of God. Praise God. Pray, pray, pray up. Build yourself up. Glory to God. Build your, stir yourself up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Get up. Lift up. Look up. We're going up. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I bless you. I praise you. I give you honor, praise and blessing. There's none like you, O oh Lord. I worship you and bless you and praise you, Lord Jesus. You and you alone are worthy of our praise. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now on social media, I want to tell you this. On social media, right before we go off the air here, I just, if you don't know Jesus, I, I just lovingly, I want to warn you, because we've been talking about how heaven is up, but there is a hell, and it's down. And, uh, and, and when you die, you, you don't want to go down. Because hell is real, and it's a terrible place. But God doesn't want you to go to hell. That's why he sent Jesus to the cross, to die for you. And he was buried, and on the third day he rose from the dead. And all you have to do to miss hell... So that you don't go down when you die and make heaven so that you go up when you die. Or, or that you can get in on this rapture we was talking about. All you have to do is with a repentant heart, with a believing heart, is call on the name of the Lord. The book of Romans and the book of Joel says that. Call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. So just say, Jesus, come into my heart. And I tell you, you do that faster than I snap my fingers. You got what the Bible calls born again. Saved. That means you're going to miss hell. You're going to make heaven. You're going to go up when you die instead of down. And that's a good deal. And Jesus will make your life worth living in the meantime. So, hey, thanks for joining us today. And, and hey, I want to tell everybody right before we leave, keep your chin up. God bless you. Bye-bye.